Good morning, and we welcome back to the Daily Pod, State Senator Gene Lysing. Good morning to you, Senator Lysing. How are you doing on this uh, Monday before Organization Day at the State House? Oh, just uh, sort of preparing my thoughts about what we're going to all be doing uh, in the next day or two, but then more so in our session this year. Uh, the short session happens in the even years when there's no budget. Um, and that we are supposed to go into session starting January the 8th, and we have to be ended by March the 14th. So uh, it will be a short session. It will be fast. And what I would encourage your listeners, that if there's an issue they're really watching or worried about, to make sure that they track it very quickly, because uh, bills that start in the Senate this year, will probably have to be out of the Senate by the end of January, so there will only be likely two or three committee hearings in each subject area. Um, the other thing is uh, we have a bill limit now um, for this session the imposed by uh, the leadership, and so the Senate will, uh, each senator will be allowed to file only five bills. So that's going to limit the number of topics or uh, subjects that are really discussed and debated. Uh, And I think that the House has a similar rule, but I don't know their number exactly. Um, The other thing is we have new senators. Um, We have Senator Perfect uh, retired, and we have now replacing him Senator Maxwell. And then we have... uh, Senator Ford, who retired, and we now have Senator Good, and we have uh, Senator Sandlin, who unfortunately died suddenly, and he is replacing replaced by uh, by a new lady senator, uh, Senator Cindy Carrasco. I believe is how she pronounces her name. I have not actually met her yet. She's from the uh, greater Indianapolis area, you know, in that district. So so it, there's lots of interesting things, Tom, that likely will be discussed, but, but uh, briefly, more briefly than normal, I would say. Yeah, and uh, that, and of course, I, I would imagine it's because it's a short session is the reason why there's uh, such a limit on bills. Is that uh, your thinking behind it? I think so, because it's a short session. And so they're going to make people really think about what bills are they going to file that are really important to them or to their districts. And so, you know, sometimes there's bills filed that people come up with and say, hey, you know, this would be a really good idea. But I don't think we'll see those kinds of bills being filed. I think it'll be more motivated by this has to happen, right? And I'm going to tell you one issue that I think will happen, and I think leadership will be involved in this uh, particular issue, and that is, uh, Tom, I'm sure your listeners all heard that our third graders statewide are not doing well reading, and they are failing uh, the uh, test, the test them in third grade, which is referred to as I read. And um, they are now talking very seriously about mandating, absolutely, 
any child that doesn't pass that IREAD test, that they will have to be retained in third grade for the following year. Now, that is not going to be an easy uh, issue because some parents are going to say, oh, that can't be. Now, I believe that they've been encouraging uh, schools to test kids the first time on that in second grade and then giving them a chance again, obviously, in third grade to really pass it. <clears throat> so I think that that's a, that's a big issue. But the whole education issue right now is going to be a big issue. Out of all my committees, I think that that might be, in fact, the education subjects might be the, the biggest, uh, only because, very frankly, our kids have not recovered well from uh, the COVID times. And when I say that kids statewide, I think in our area, uh, in our immediate baseball area, kids have done uh, pretty well. Uh, we know that our private schools uh, did not take off as much time as public schools, at least that's generally speaking, statewide. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about education and how it is negatively impacted our youngest kids rather than the oldest kids. And another thing that uh, you're heavily involved in is the uh, drainage task force. Uh, Of course, a bill that uh, you had uh, championed and authored uh, in the uh, previous session. As far as uh, the work of that uh, group uh, what is uh, what can you tell us about that and uh, the latest as far as um, uh, some of the things that are uh, going on uh, with that yeah well i think that it was somewhat disappointing uh to most of us on the drainage task force when we had our third and final meeting for this year in the interim uh, because some of the things that we wanted to get a majority approval of the members of the task force to commit to, uh, we're short of vote, one vote. Now, that doesn't mean we won't see some bills that impact that area uh, move this session. I mean, one simple one, I think, is going to be the fact that the drainage task force discovered that for some reason, our Department of Natural Resources had not republished a manual for our constituents and county governments to even use for over 25 years. Yet there had been numerous updates in rules and regulations. And I think that's part of the problem uh, that people, frankly, didn't know what was what, you know. So um, I do think there'll be a bill that will move forward for that. But I also think that there's going to be some bills that are going to try to move that will address the fact that these maps that created new flood areas, new floodplain areas, were never, um, as some folks would say, they never had boots on the ground. In other words, they were flown by aerial maps, uh, LIDAR technology, which is considered uh, accurate. However, there are errors in that, and so I think that there's going to be some effort to try to say, hey, if you're really going to enforce those new maps, then we need to have somebody physically, either from the state or the county, come out and really walk that area and take a physical look 
So I think those are the big ones that will happen out of that because right now people that are listening may not know, but if your property about three years ago was put into uh, a floodplain area by the Department of Natural Resources, even though you've owned it for a lot of years and you've never seen any flooding there, um, but now you decide you want to build something on your property or you want to sell your property, you're going to find that it's in a state floodplain area that was newly created. This is in addition to the federal floodplain maps or FEMA maps that people talk about. So it has really caused quite a stir in certain areas of the state. So I hope that we can get further resolve on this issue because in some ways it seems like a taking by government of your property rights, and that really concerns me. All right, and then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. We'll continue our conversation with State Senator Gene Lysing right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with State Senator Gene Lysing. And, of course, as we allude to... Um, Tomorrow is Organization Day, and uh, and if you could, uh, Senator Lysing, can you kind of give us a uh, uh, a snapshot of uh, what exactly goes on at uh, Organization Day at the State House? It, it's really more formality uh, than than anything. Uh, I would say it's it's the official kickoff of the next session, which is the twenty twenty four session, which officially will start. Uh, as far as processes, uh, January the 8th this year. But, you know, uh, the leaders from both parties will get up and talk uh, about the upcoming session, about what they each think is important to them. There won't be any legislation actually considered. There may be some announcements in regard to uh, changes in, in committees, um, but even that may not happen yet because because of the early retirements and uh, the death of Senator Sandlin, there's actually going to be two committee chair positions open, both commerce and um, elections, both pretty important. And so the, that'll be up to the leadership as to how they decide to fill those. But I expect the session to... Uh, on Tuesday to be pretty quick, um, perhaps only an hour, hour and a half long. and uh, But it sort of really is the kickoff to make sure that everybody understands um, that we are headed for another session and that hopefully we can make living in Indiana even better than it is now. Indeed. And, of course, uh, looking ahead to uh, 2024, um, you were, uh, recently uh, served as vice chair of the uh, State Fair Advisory Committee. And uh, and give us a, a preview, please, of uh, the uh, upcoming uh, State Fair next year. The uh, State Fair uh, had made a decision, the commission and, and State Fair Board, 
that this coming year, and actually for the next three years, it's kind of a three-year plan, the State Fair will only be closed on Mondays and not two days like what it has been the last few years since COVID. So it'll be closed on Mondays only, and the new State Fair dates are going to be August 2nd to August 18th. And I believe that um, uh, people overall are going to be happy with that schedule. I think uh, some people would prefer that they not have any closed days because there were people that went to Indianapolis and didn't realize that it was not open every day, and it was quite frustrating for them, um, rightfully so. So, But that is the decision, and I believe that that schedule will be um, – retained for the next three years. So it actually shortens the number of weekends, uh, but but it gives more days uh, during the week as well. And and I think it makes it easier for uh, 4-H kids and their families uh, that are showing uh, livestock and projects. All right. Uh, anything else uh, before we let you get back to it, uh, Senator Gene Lysing? Well, I think that the health area is, will always be discussed, and uh, I think this year there will be discussion about the new money that was put into both mental health and also our county health departments and how that's all going to be implemented to hopefully provide better services for our people in Indiana. Um, and I think that uh, the mental health issue. When we say mental health, it really means mental health and addiction, okay? And I think that confuses a lot of people. And so we know <clears throat> that there's lots of um, addiction issues still throughout the state. So I believe that they, the whole idea of providing more services to try to help people. Uh, the other thing is, in regard to the uh, county health departments, I believe that uh, there's going to be discussion about how those county health departments can better coordinate with services already available within our communities, whether it's through the hospitals or clinics or whatever. So <clears throat> all of that is, is pretty important. And then I hope that, once again, we'll have some discussion on uh, maternity services because I can tell you, Tom, in my seven counties, that I now serve in, uh, there are only three hospitals, uh, Batesville and Greensburg being among those in Shelbyville, that provide maternity services. And so there are, you know, they like to talk about food deserts when you talk about agriculture, but truthfully, there's some true maternity deserts. So I think it's all pretty important. All right. Well, uh, State Senator Gene Lysing, uh, we appreciate your time. Stay well, and uh, all the best to you and uh, the rest of the uh, lawmakers at the uh, State House tomorrow on Organization Day. And uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you during the session. Yeah, and I hope we can continue to do that because I think it's good for people in our area to know what's going on in Indianapolis. And just so that, just to remind people, the best number to reach the State House is one eight hundred. 382-9467. That's 1-800-382-9467. And I would strongly encourage a call versus an email 
especially in a short session, because it'll get prompter attention uh, than just an email. So anyway, um, I encourage people to let me know what they think on issues, because that's what this is all about, you know, making government closest to the people and for it to make sense for our good residents of Indiana.